All right, it is Kill You a True Chuckle at Pain with your boy D-Mac and expecting Nate and Chad here in mere moments. We go live at 8 no matter what to talk about the NFL, the Broncos, and whatever's on your mind. So if I don't get Nate, if I don't get Chad, I got you. But uh, hopefully the boys join here uh, relatively soon. So the topic of mock drafts is now going to be ever present and jj mccarthy and field yates mock is mocked to the broncos it's an interesting story jj mccarthy and with that we bring on chad brown hey chad good morning, good morning how, you, man. how you doing good i was just talking about um field yates has jj mccarthy mocked the Broncos at 12. What are your thoughts? And if you don't know, Chad does a lot of college football on what, what, what are the networks that you were besides ESPN? What else, what else do you compass uh, media compass media? Yeah. Did you do any Michigan games this year? I did the Michigan Iowa game for the big 10 championship. Mm. So kind well, of a big game. <laughs> yeah, very, very big game. All right, well, let's just start there. What were your thoughts going into that game about J.J. McCarthy, and what were your thoughts after that game? Uh, I thought AJ, I thought J.J. was, based on film study, a good quarterback for what they do at Michigan. Um, but from a pro perspective, I thought he left something to be desired. Um, mm -hmm. In the games leading up to the Big Ten Championship, I th he threw one touchdown pass in the five games previous to that. And the Michigan offense had a little bit of a struggle to it uh, for, for over a few parts of the season. Um, watching him in that Big Ten championship game, uh, he certainly made some great plays with his feet. Um, he had some pretty good throws. Um, but when I'm thinking about what Russell Wilson did and then how that was not what Sean Payton wanted, J.J. McCarthy, I think, would present a similar set of disappointments uh, like Russell Wilson did. Um, yeah, good quarterback. I think there's no doubt about that. But for a guy who wants guys to be on the play that he's calling, he wants to be able to stack plays. He wants to be able to have a, a rhythmic feel to the offense. He wants to run a play here in the first quarter and the second quarter that will be in, then be the setup for the play in the third quarter. Therefore, those setup plays have to be run precisely and have to be thrown to the right receiver in order to set up the explosive play that's coming later. J.J. McCarthy doesn't hit me with that skill set, um, and I think it would be a similar set of frustrations for Sean Payton that, hey, I called this setup play, and this guy didn't run it right, therefore it kills the whole setup. Yeah. And that was probably Sean Payton's biggest issue with Russell Wilson is that he was hamstringing him as a play caller. I think it would be a similar set of frustrations with J.J. McCarthy. Yeah, Sean Payton was on with Jim Rome, who knew he still had a show, but he was on with Jim Rome, and he said – well, look at quarterbacks who process things. And he pointed out Mahomes and Drew Brees. Conspicuous by his absence was nary a mention of Russell Wilson. But to your point, what does he value? And, and I think that's a, a giveaway of what some of his biggest frustrations were with Russell Wilson, Chad. When he mentions, I, I need guys who process things quickly. Okay, that's Drew Brees to him. That's Patrick Mahomes. And that's not Russell Wilson. But how can you tell if a college quarterback has that skill set? 
<sighs> wow, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, I think you'd have to really do a deep dive in the film. You'd have to have conversations with the offensive coordinator or the quarterback coach, whoever, you know, there's only 10 staffers allowed in college football. So some of those guys have different titles, but whoever is responsible for that connection with the quarterback would be the best guy to ask those questions to. Um, and I know Harbaugh is considered in some ways a quarterback whisperer, um, but I don't think J.J. McCarthy, again, just plays the style that Sean Payton is is looking for. So uh, a Caleb Williams, a, a Michael Penix, those guys I think have a better chance to be the correct type of quarterback, maybe not the right guy in themselves, but that better type of quarterback than J.J. McCarthy does. And I would put him a probably a strong fourth, mm-hmm. fifth behind Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, uh, what's the, what's the uh, Drake May, mm-hmm. um, and who am I missing? Uh, Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels, and Jaden Daniels. Uh, I would put JJ McCarthy a strong fifth behind those guys, um, and even from a fit perspective, uh, I would put him fifth behind Bo Nix, who's also not a fit because of that same lack of processing ability and that ability to execute the play as designed every single time. All right, let me play some devil's advocate for you. Um, There's a lot of respect, obviously, for Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh says, watch out for J.J. McCarthy. He'll be the top overall pick. Now, nobody thinks that's going to happen, but it's certainly a strong endorsement. So what do you think Jim Harbaugh, who everybody has such a large amount of respect for, saw in J.J. McCarthy? You know, college quarterbacks, they get brought in all the time. Um, Dylan McCaffrey. Mm -hmm was in Michigan, Michigan. Yep. before he ended up at UNC. So, yeah, quarterbacks are brought in. The the projection from a high school quarterback to a college starting quarterback, uh, I, I think outside of, you know, guys who are, you know, top 10 players nationwide, is always going to be a difficult one. So uh, I think J.J. McCarthy presented Harbaugh with the best option that he had on his roster. And clearly they won a national championship. The guy is a good player. Mm-hmm. I don't want to d- diminish who he was as a college football player, but this discussion is about the fit for the Denver Broncos. And Sean Payton has proven through moving on from Russell Wilson, or most likely moving on from Russell Wilson, and the conversation that you just uh, alluded to with Jim Rome, that he is looking for a very particular kind of quarterback who can execute his offense. So it's not just, I need a good college quarterback. I need a good college quarterback that has a particular skill set. And uh, Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy don't present that skill set. They both want to make plays with their legs, which is okay, which Mm. is fine for some teams, which is good enough to win a college national championship. It's just not good enough to work for Sean Payton and what he hopes to execute offensively for the Denver Broncos. There is a theory with the Broncos that's – I I won't completely dismiss, but it's kind of the – Take an entire bite of the apple, the poison apple in one season. Just just eat it. You know, trade Russell Wilson for literally whatever you can, if that's even at all possible. Eat the $85 million in cap hit this year. Dump anybody with some sort of big salary, Bowles or Simmons or Tim Patrick or Sutton or whoever, a collection of guys, whatever that combination is, and draft a young quarterback, practically anybody, because at least you get him for cheap and just really not sink much into the team and try to build up through depth. Where are you on just the, we're just going to suffer for, for one season sort of uh, strategy. 
Well, we have been talking about this exact subject ever since Peyton Manning left the building. When do you press the reset button? Now, I know NFL's not not Madden, and anybody who's ever played Madden, things don't go well You know, halfway through the first quarter. You just press reset and start a new game. <laughs> it's great. It's one of the greatest things about Madden. But uh, that's great. In the in the in reality, if you're going to do that, you have to suffer through that. And John Elway was clearly not, he was too much of a competitor. He was right. uncomfortable with that process to do that. So we find ourselves here years and years down the road. What has it been? 13, 16 different quarterbacks under center for the Broncos since Peyton left. I can't remember what the number is, but it's some ungodly number that like only us and the Washington commanders have equal numbers of, and neither team has necessarily been successful since that time, man. Um, part of me thinks that's the wisest strategy because you can just yeah. take care of all of it in one year, just but you it. spread this cap hit out over two years, then you're really hamstringing two years. Right. And even at the spread out cap hit, Either one of those spread out cap hit numbers would still be the largest dead cap hit, and mm. I believe in the mindset in NFL history, much less the 85 million this year. Mm. So, either way, you got to suffer. Do you suffer once in one year and take care of it all at once, or do you do two years? Uh, mm. I think it's a philosophical question. I think Sean Payton would probably prefer to spread out over two years because he's a competitor. No one wants to go through a, a rebuild year. It's difficult. It's hard. It sucks. But the organizations who are willing to do that come out on the other side, brand new. All the salary cap issues have been taken care of. We've pressed reset. We've mm -hmm. gotten rid of older high-priced veterans who are probably going to start to decline anyway because they're all older guys. Um, yeah, your fans suffer, but you present a opportunity as soon as that year is over to climb like a rocket ship cap space, draft picks, all the things that you would get back by trading those high-priced veterans, all the things that you would get back from suffering through the one year of dead cap hell that Russell right. Wilson would put you in, then it's a clean slate after that, and you can rebuild this thing the right way. It's It sucks. You know, it's um... <sighs> because what's the alternative? Another seven-win season where you, you may be able to hobble that together. Seriously, you really may be able to do that. Look at the collection of backup quarterbacks that played this year and won this year, Chad. I mean, it's the NFL, bro. I mean, you can pretty much figure out. I think most teams can figure out five to seven wins. I really do. Um, the truly sucky teams don't quite get there. But to be one of those better elite teams, it's not enough just to go 500 or just to make the playoffs. There's There's certain levels. So even below average teams, Chad, can win seven games, right? It's just. It's, it's just like not that big of a deal. So you can do it. Like you can win those games. And, and that means you would to do that. All you do is simply hang on to guys you already have contracts with. You'd keep Bulls and you'd keep Simmons and you'd keep Sutton and you'd keep, you know what I'm saying? Like you can figure it out. I mean, you don't have any money to sign any free agents. And then you would what draft or not draft a quarterback or you'd pick up Sam Darnold, Chad. I don't know. You'd pick up, give here, me some here, Mason Rudolph. I don't know. And and they could win you five or six games. Here are the top 10 quarterbacks who are set to enter free agency yeah. this year, this offseason. Go ahead. 
Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins yeah, who's yeah. going to get paid. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, who's going to get paid-ish. By who? I don't know, but he's going to get paid-ish by somebody. He's, he's going to be, because of the sour cap situation for the Broncos, I think Kirk Cousins is definitely out. I, I, I agree. Baker, yeah. I think ba- Baker Mayfield is out. I do. I agree. He won't he won't be at the top of the market. He won't set any salary cap or, or quarterback records, but he'll do well for himself. Sure. Jacoby Brissett, number three. That, wow. that feels seven wins. Ryan Tannehill, that feels six wins. Tyler Huntley, that feels six wins. Garner Minshew, that feels five or six wins. Jameis Winston could be interesting because Sean Payton, Sean Payton won. Yeah. With Jameis Winston. Yeah. Tyrod yeah. Taylor after that, Joe Flacco, and then Joshua. Wow, Dunn. dude. So that, that's the 10 guys oh who are the most available uh, who make up this list. And then let's not forget, you're not the only team who needs a quarterback. Right. Commanders, Atlanta, New England, the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Vikings. So not only do you can't even pick at the top of that quarterback list, there's other teams who are going to be competing for those guys. So, again, this quarterback situation for the Broncos is a very, very difficult one. And I think that's why the whoever put that out, maybe it was the Broncos, maybe it was Russell Wilson's agent, about this still being a possibility because the Broncos are looking out there in the market and going, man, what do we do? <laughs> well, what you do is you draft a quarterback and start over. Well, that, that's what I do. Because I believe you pick the guy you can't choose when you suck. I've said it a million times. The hit rate, even for these high-drafted guys, is roughly around 36%, something around there. So most of the guys fail. This sucks. This mm-hmm. sucks. And, and this is why back in the day, I was screaming to take Josh Allen that year or to move up. This is where the Glennon Trubisky doctrine comes from. Even if you only have to hop up one spot, so, first of all, I feel like the commanders should do whatever they can to go from two to one with the Bears. The Bears, man, it is a vibe that they are dumping fields for Caleb Williams. Man, that is stronger and stronger, Chad. What do you think they should do, and what do you think happens with fields? I think they should move on because they, they can – they can literally get the double up here. You know, we talk about teams who have that last possession mm-hmm. of the sec- of the first half and then get the ball to start the third quarter. That's a double up. You get a chance to score twice. The Bears could do the same thing. They could get another quarterback, which would then kick that quarterback salary cap situation can down the road for at least three to four years because Justin Fields is going to be hitting that. If he stays with the Bears, then he's going to be at that place. And they got to figure out what they want to do there with mm-hmm. him. So now they can get a rookie quarterback kick that kick that can down the road a bit and then get some kind of trade value back for for justin fields so they can double up there i think that's the smartest thing in my mind and having seen both those guys in college justin fields and caleb williams i think caleb williams is the far superior pro style quarterback and uh, it seems like a no-brainer to me but this is why the draft and free agency and all these things are always such intriguing off-season things because you have no idea what some of these teams are going to do. I saw the press conference with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, and it was sad. I mean, Chad, it was sad. And there was a little bit of a let's have a second-place parade moment when Kyle Shanahan says, but we've won big games. Ah, boy. I mean, you know, it's like we're not a bad team. 
It's like uh, Fredo Corleone. I'm the big brother. I was passed over. I mean, it's like, hey, bro. I mean, I know they were big games, but it's the Super Bowl. You know what we mean here. So to sit here and talk about, well, we've won big games, Chad, to me is, well, depressing as hell. As a guy who possesses a Super Bowl loser ring. <laughs> I literally well, wait, have a, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. It's a Super Bowl loser ring or it's a, in your case, an AFC championship ring? It is an AFC championship ring. Okay. Also okay. known as the okay. Super Bowl loser ring. All right. Yes, go ahead. As somebody yes. who, who owns it's, one of those, when was it, the last it, time you wore that? I've never, not <laughs> one single time, wore that ring. Because that's what it says. No one cares about the Super Bowl loser. I was also on the 2007 Patriots. We were on track to be the greatest team oh. of all time. Right. Not, not of a decade, right. not of the modern NFL. Of right. all time, right. we lost that Super Bowl. We're not even in the conversation oh, anymore. I still God. think that team is, is a top three NFL team ever. Just think about the linebacker group in that room. Myself, yeah. Junior Seau, Teddy Bruschi, Mike Vrabel, uh, Don Davis, Dude. Roosevelt Colvin, all guys 10 years plus, all guys with Pro Bowls and all pros and all the things. That's just in the linebacker room, plus Randy Moss, plus Wes, Wes Walker. I mean, it was an amazing group of talent. We have to be on paper one of the top three teams ever to be assembled, but mm -hmm. we lost that Super Bowl, and now we're out of the conversation. That's how it works, Kyle Shanahan and John right. Lynch. There are no runner-up awards unless you want to walk around and people say, "What's that ring?" Oh, this is my Super Bowl loser ring. <laughs> I'm seeing too that still these stories about you know we had thought about the overtime, we made this plan you know, ahead of time, but you didn't communicate it to the players and it wasn't really all that well thought out. And all right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you credit for at least having a plan and not being surprised by the moment. Like John Fox was surprised how loud the Super Bowl was. Imagine that one. What a surprise. I can't believe how loud it is in here. And that got the Broncos in trouble on the first snap of the game. Um, and it went downhill from there. So, um, okay, Kyle, I like you. I think you're a good coach. I think they'll have another shot. I do actually like in the NFC, Chad, are the Cowboys going to get their act together? Do you see that happening? Uh, what other NFC team do you think the Eagles will bounce back somehow? Where, where's the competition for the Niners going to come from next year? Jalen Hurts has proven people wrong his entire career. So I'm sure this is going to be a very instrumental off season for him. He's gotten paid. Um, so now he's got to he's got double motivation to continue to maintain that incredibly high salary, but also lead his team forward and be uh, the quarterback that they need him to be. But outside of those couple teams you just mentioned, it's hard to imagine someone coming up and passing the 49ers. But Kansas City clearly is not going anywhere. Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey already said they're running this thing back um, and they still got Patrick Mahomes. So on one hand, it's it's easy to poke fun at the 49ers and have the whole Super Bowl loser ring talk. But at the same time, they ran up against a dynasty. A dynasty. And that's what the Chiefs are. And they've got a quarterback to keep this thing going. they got a head coach to keep this thing going into the future. 
They've got a great GM who seems to be able to pull the right personnel moves. They've shifted from an offensive powerhouse to one of the better defensive teams in the league. We're able to do that seamlessly and not only do that, but shift their style of play on the field because Mm -hmm. of the personnel that they had at their disposal. So there's something to be said for what's going on there. And whoever is trying to win the Super Bowl has to recognize that it's going to be an incredible uphill battle because even a Kansas City Chiefs team that was so uneven this regular season that they lost to the Broncos and lost to the Raiders found a way in the playoffs to get it done and still hoist the Lombardi Trophy. The NFL news never stops, and uh, we don't stop as well. Every morning at 8 a.m., a little kill you with truth, chuckle at pain with Nate and Chad. It's Valentine's Day. Hate, love, Valentine's Day. Mm. Uh, I'd have to say I love Valentine's Day. I mean, is it a manufactured holiday? Is some of the urgency of the holiday manufactured? Yeah, it is. Um, but it's cool. You know, if you've got yourself a great relationship, then, uh, then just play the game, man. Just play the game. If you, if in in the end, you, you'll win. If you play the game, if you choose not to play the game, then yeah, you are going to lose. (laughs) So play the game, order the flowers or pick them up from the grocery store. If you, if you haven't done it yet, you better get over there early because they're going to be picked over at the grocery store. Um, Everyone's got a printer at their disposal someplace. So even if you don't go buy a card, you can make a card. You got a picture of you and your significant partner with smiles on your faces. Print it up. Write a handwritten note inside the card. These are things that aren't hard to do. And then again, with a minimal amount of effort, you can win. And who doesn't like to win? I like to win. Man, how do I sneak out of the house without her knowing I left to go take care of it right now? <laughs> You have a radio show coming up. Use that? You Yes, go to the radio show and leave a little early. Hit the grocery store. Don't leave the flowers oh, in the car. Oh, right, Take them right, inside. Right, right. Where's a nice, cool so, spot. So I get the whole day, right? It doesn't have yeah. to happen in the morning. I get the no. whole day. No, the you, whole can, day. you can leave them in a little suspense. Now, you don't want to leave it so long that they're, they're upset with you. But to start today and go, hey, babe, you know, good morning to you. And then do the Valentine's presentation later, in your case, after your radio show. That's completely acceptable. You okay, still win. You know what? You're my Valentine's Day. I'll give <laughs> Don't say it with that kind of smile, man. It made me very <laughs> super creepy. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, we kill you with hugs. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yeah, see you. See ya.